turn off the news and open up a newspaper. Nice. That's a bar right there. Dang, that's a meme. <laughs> I love it. Welcome to the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast. At Todd Capital, we believe business and investing are team sports. And this podcast is for those who want to turn their capital into generational legacy. It's what you all been waiting for, ain't it? All right. Join us for the Black Men Building Wealth Virtual Conference, February 29th, 2020, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., featuring Charles Oglesby, Andre Hatchett, Jillian Gordon, Brian Robinson, Brandon Thomas, Oge Madu, Gene Holloman, Lamont Woods, Jay Morrison, Torrance Reed, Byron Sellers, Henry Washington, Brian Thomas, Xavier Miller, Chris Senegal, Jeremy Johnson, and more. Topics covered will include marriage, personal finance, debt pay down strategies, tech and investing, mobile home real estate investing, tax strategies, and more. All proceeds will be donated to the Bless a Black Man Foundation. It's the Black Man Building Wealth Virtual Conference. It's lit. And here's your host, Mr. Todd Millionaire himself. Charles Oglesby. This is the Thai Capital Millionaire Podcast, episode 133. My name is Charles Oglesby, also known as Todd Millionaire, also known as partner with Millie, founder and director of the Thai Capital Millionaire Podcast, Thai Capital Investment Club, Thai Capital Acquisitions, Thai Capital Everything. Um, today we have a special guest, Charm City Buyers, back for the third time. So welcome yeah. back to the show, guys. What up, what up, what up? Thanks for having us. <laughs> so um, a lot, I'm sure, has changed and grown for you guys since the last time you were on the show. So we wanted to kind of bring you in and talk about an update. Um, so yeah, what's what's been new? Man, it's been it's been hectic, running around crazy, everything in different phases, um, enjoying it and having a lot of fun. I'm not sure, when was the last time we were, God, it had to it's be been, a month ago. It's been a long time. So we, yeah. um, I know you guys are continuing your episode 133 sounds like crazy. Um, <laughs> So for those who probably don't know us or are familiar with us, um, we're Charm City Buyers out of Baltimore, Maryland. Um, we are really big on setting a foundation of rentals and then moving into a bigger role of community development through redeveloping real estate, um, getting more involved in kind of the community. So we think of ourselves um, not just as investors, but developers um, and move accordingly yeah community <laughs> wealth builders that's yeah. kind of what we like to call ourselves not only for ourselves but for others who work with us and uh you know follow us yeah so we're all about so right now um we have about 20 um a little bit more but about 20 um rental units um by the time we were 30 um bought back the block quote-unquote in baltimore uh, and then have continued to build on that foundation and really, like Will said, help other people, you know, build wealth through real estate, um, whether that means working with us through, you know, next-gen mentorships, whatever, or just, like, ride with us through our community development and really impact, you know, the, the communities in which we serve, which is the yeah. neighborhoods that we invest in. Yeah, and so you guys are out of Baltimore, and can you kind of explain why you guys invest in Baltimore, why you have decided to stay in Baltimore? Baltimore, great question. Why Baltimore? Why not Baltimore? Now is the time for Baltimore to rise again. Right. We're a great city and we're uh, going through this renaissance, just like a lot of ma major cities. Um, but the things that are happening in Baltimore are just incredible. Yeah, so what's funny is you can watch the news, 
right? Or you can hear about Baltimore. You can be, you could be in Baltimore. So Khalil was born and raised in Baltimore. Um, I kind of went, moved here with him, obviously, but um, it didn't take long for me kind of being from the outside looking in to fall in love with what Baltimore is, what it's all about, figuring out how much culture and love's here. And there's just, there's like a vibe, right? Like Baltimore is really a vibe. And so, um, you know, there's challenges in Baltimore like there there is anywhere else. When you think about wealth gap and what does that do for poverty and crime and and all those types of things. But um, being on kind of both sides of the coin, right? Understanding the challenges of Baltimore, but being part of what's making Baltimore this huge opportunity for, um, for growth, for wealth, for just, just building is crazy. There's so much money being spent here on redevelopment at the same time that we just hit a high um, for crime and murders in the city. Like there's this book called The Tale of Two Cities about mm-hmm. Baltimore. And that's where we are in like the utmost degree. So we have the highest number of murders in Baltimore last year at the same time that there are literally hundreds of millions, billions of dollars being spent to redevelop Baltimore at the exact same time. So what we're all about is making sure people understand that there are two sides to that coin. And it's important that for us as people who love Baltimore, love the hood, like all of that, that we're adding value and making sure that as this change occurs, we're a part of that change and we're able to take advantage of it instead of looking back blinking and like oh shit what happened to Baltimore like yeah. we did in, in DC which is less than an hour away and so you can't like it would be such a disservice to ourselves and future generations of ourselves to let the same thing that happened in DC happen in Baltimore so that's where we're yeah. Yeah. so you guys have a YouTube channel what inspired the YouTube channel um so the YouTube channel was all about um kind of taking some information, like sharing more, sharing more information, um, making sure that people are constantly learning, right? You don't, there's tons of ways to learn real estate free, for free, right? And so um, we wanted to get on YouTube, share more, um, you know, kind of extend um, the audience a little bit and share, you know, how, how much opportunity there is in real estate beyond just the Instagram, right? So Instagram works, doesn't work, whatever. Right? So we want to make sure that we're able to connect with with more people and share, again, that Baltimore has a lot to offer. Yeah, I think it was like, it's great to be able to impact lives. And that's what we're all, all about, mm-hmm. whether that's our tenants, buyers, um, or, or, or people aspiring to, to do what we do and, and what you do. Um, and in looking at kind of the audience and the demographics, we looked at where, where we are and where we could be. And YouTube is, is the next logical step. It makes sense. We got to keep impacting people and, and get our faces out there. Yeah. So I know last time we spoke, we were talking about opportunity zones. And Khalil mentioned that although you guys have a lot of the rental properties, that you still are working a job in like a development company. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So um, a developer was very interested in starting their own uh, for sale housing portfolio and, and they found us and found me and said, you know what, we want you to, to, to help out. I'm like, all right, well, let's see what kind of agreement we can come up with and, and it's working out so far. Yeah, so that is all about um, from us transitioning from kind of being investors to learning how some of the big dogs are doing it, right? The people who are investing all over the country, millions of dollars working with 
um, government money and grants and all of these other things, like how do we do that? Which is really, really cool because it, it really shifted some of the things that we did um, last year, some things that we're doing this year to be able to leverage some of the things that he's learning working with um, this other organization and, and implementing it for us and for our mentees and next gen and all that. Yeah, what was dope is that Kira and I were both kind of on our own for about nine months or so um, before this even happened. And we were steady growing, steady doing our thing. Uh, and then we saw this opportunity and said, you know what, maybe maybe it could be cool to, to be a little more plugged in to, um, you know, the future and, and expedite some things on our own Charm City Buyers a little faster. So is that what inspired you guys to start looking at those commercial properties? I know you guys are taking a lot of tours and looking at a bunch of different, like, large-scale deals. Um, what happened with those? Absolutely. So um, in, in looking at these kind of larger, larger strategic developments, five, ten-year projects, um, you know, we, we were looking at them and saying, you know what? This is absolutely the next step, like 100-unit multi, 200-unit multi, affordable housing, opportunity zones, grant programs, um, getting into these next level of developments where um, this is where the real money funnels and how true community development happens, retail, placemaking, all these different types of things where you can establish and create community. Right. And then what's, what's even better is that we're able to, so we've done those same exact tours with NextGen, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not only showing and doing, um, learning what's happening, figuring out how we can do it, but also exposing folks to new things. And so it's important as we're investing in Baltimore, we know what's happening, we know what money's being spent and where, because a lot of times when these commercial dollars are being spent, the residential development follows. So um, it kind of puts us in a really great position to know what's happening, how it's happening, share that with other people, and then make stuff pop off for ourselves. I mean, it's really dope. Being, being in the trenches on the front line with all this type of stuff happening, it, it, direct, it directly translates to our next gen. I mean, yeah. they, they get the information first. They get the information firsthand. They, they join us on these tours. Um, they join us in these community developments. It's, it's powerful stuff. Mm -hmm. Hi, how are you? I am Andre C. Hatchett, 15-year mobile notary pioneer and veteran. We have created the Notary Business School, which will show you how to start a successful, long-term, needed business as a mobile notary public. Well, with 15 years of experience and with different downturns in the economy, we have labeled this business as being recession-proof, meaning that you can run this business in any climate, any city, any state in America. On average, our students make between $60 and $250 per appointment, which usually takes under an hour. I'll say that again. On average, our students usually make between $60 and $250 per appointment as a mobile notary public. If you would like to enroll and save a few dollars, go to the website, millinotarypromo.com. That is millinotarypromo.com. Look forward to seeing you in class. Have a great day. Bye-bye. So you've mentioned NextGen a few times. Can you explain to people what NextGen is? Yeah, so NextGen is our... Um, our family, right? It's our membership <laughs> program. It's our it's our coaching program where um, we are really creating the next generation of Charm City buyers, right? The whole point of Next Gen is to um, <laughs> see what I did there. Now, um, so we um, the whole point of Next Gen is to kind of set the foundation, kind of make sure that. Folks know what they're doing. They're investing on their own. They're building their own wealth. But the goal really is for NextGen to be able to partner and do larger deals for ourselves. That's always been, or with us. And so that's always been the goal. 
Um, and so as we have always continued to grow and, and learn new things and do new things, it always translates back into sharing with our next gen folks on, on kind of how to move and what's happening and how to do things better and smarter um, than we did before we knew what was going on. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so next gen is our mentorship program. That is like our baby. That's where we spend tons of our time. That's where we spend all the deals that's where we're like you know taking out um boots on the ground with us and doing tours and having conversations behind the scenes so when we're at boardroom tables and having conversations about what's happening in baltimore over the next five to ten years they're getting the notes right so it's it's um it's dope yeah what's, what's dope about next gen compared to like a lot of other programs is that we're actively doing it and we're so plugged in and, and specific that uh, we can share this information directly and, and immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fun. We have a we have a good time. They're definitely family, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. No question. They get Kiera's phone number. Like it's it's a, a true collaborative effort. Um, we've got what 70, 80 people. What's the goal for wow. next gen? Yeah, no, we're yeah, 2020. Um, our goal with with next gen and our mentees is that we're doing 220 units this year. Um, and so we have some super big goals. We're super excited about them and kind of growing even how we do a lot and we share a lot and we um, spend a lot of time with them, but we're looking to expand that even more this year to make sure we can hit this 2020 goal of 220 units. So um, it's exciting. It's a lot going on. I think, I think that's cool because as you guys are saying, there's a lot of money being poured into Baltimore. And it's not just one guy doing it. It's a bunch of people making a concerted effort into building up these areas. And so you guys can do that with your bunch of people. <laughs> you can exactly. build it. Yeah. And that's where it all came about, too. It was like, yo, like Baltimore, there's so much opportunity. Um, a lot of people don't know it or don't see it. And that's kind of how even our Instagram was born, right? Let's share the opportunity in Baltimore. Let's share what people can do. Um, but beyond that, we can't buy up every house our, on our own. Right. Um, and so let's make sure people have the tools, the resources, and the knowledge to do it on their on their own, and then eventually do it together collaboratively. Because collaboration over competition all day. Absolutely, all day, every day. It's funny you 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 mentioned that. Um, you know, we've talked to developers who've been in the game for 30, 40, 50 years, and they're saying the exact same thing. This is this is the most activity they've seen in Baltimore ever. Ever. I mean, oh. they are they are impressed with north, south, east, west, central. Um, nonprofit, for-profit, it's just, it's everywhere. There's so much development happening in Baltimore that now is absolutely the time circling back to your previous question. So it seems like that's why you guys have stayed because the opportunity is there. Um, all of the vacant homes, um, of course there's the problems, but problems mean opportunity. And so that allows you to come in and buy multiple doors and buy the 220 units. Cause if you're looking in areas like uh, maybe Los Angeles or New York or Miami or these hot spots, there might not be that opportunity to do things that big. So it's yeah. kind of like it's kind of staring in the face. It makes sense. Exactly. exactly. And and not only that, so there's tons of opportunity, but the numbers still make sense, right? Yeah. Still, you're still able to buy property at a really great um, rate. The rental rates are really high in Baltimore Street, but to get that ROI, um, that return on your investment um, really well. And then as things are changing, you're you're getting the appreciation. Like it just it it just makes sense. Like Baltimore yeah. makes sense when you take all the fluff and you know all the other stuff, all the other conversations out. It it just makes sense. And then it's still really close to D.C. too. So do you have a lot of people that commute into the D.C. area to go to work? Yeah, you do. You see that a lot. Um, it's a 30 minute train from Baltimore to D.C. 
Um, so a lot of times it's easier to live in Baltimore and commute to DC. Nobody can afford DC. DC is ridiculous. And so it like, it's just, it logically makes sense. Um, and then you have a lot of conversations about um, like these maglev trains and all this stuff that they're talking about putting in um, and around Baltimore and connecting DC to New York and all of these things. And so it's, it's a natural transition. We started to see people move into Baltimore to trans to, to, um, get back and forth to work from Baltimore, maybe like two or three years ago that started. So now people are buying and working in DC yeah. and not just renting. And it's, it's really, really, um, something I think is gonna continue because there's, it, it just makes sense. When you put yeah. together, not only the, the distance between DC and Baltimore, but all the value you get in, in buying in Baltimore. There's so many incentives and you get all this free money to buy here. Like why not buy a house that's so much cheaper, you get a whole lot more house and you're able to buy it, use free money to do it. Yeah, Penn, Penn Station, Amtrak is doing a big development of, of the Penn Station here in, in, in Baltimore. Um, and that, you know, it connects us to DC, to Philly, to New York. Um, so for Amtrak to be dumping money and in the city and state and federal to be putting money into this development, it, it obviously means something. Um, mm -hmm. Our most recent buyer actually came from, he works in DC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he works in, in DC. So that, that just shows you right there that people are seriously looking at Baltimore to, to commute to work from DC. Are you guys seeing other things pop up to kind of, uh, I guess, symbolize that there's being more development like the Starbucks, the Whole Foods, the Chick-fil-A's, things like oh, that? Sure. There's a, there's some, don't get it twisted. There are several, more than a few Starbucks in Baltimore City. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you see a ton of, of things like those little markers that change popping up the bike lanes, like all those types of things are, are everywhere. Um, you ride your little bike past the project like everybody else. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Infrastructure being made, brand new gas lines and water lines, yeah. water lines all over the place. Um, you see the, the cranes going up and mm -hmm. um, where other developments are happening. Yeah, we see all the markers all the time. There's a lot of movement. Mm -hmm. So we haven't talked about Opportunity Zones in a while. Um, can we get an Opportunity Zone update? Um, I know there's been a lot of like talk, a lot of conversation about what's going on. How are we seeing it actually come to play? How are we seeing it actually being applied to the market? Yeah. So in the beginning, opportunity zones were going to be this huge thing that we're going to redevelop all these um, uh, low income census tracts. Um, since it's, its formation, there's been a lot of questions and trying to figure out the politics behind it, also the policies behind it and how it's going to work. And a lot of skepticism. People are seeing it like, ah, is it actually going to work? Is it going to un unfold? Where we've seen it mostly be applicable is that people are layering other incentives on top of the Opportunity Zone program. What, what do I mean? So, um, for example, if there's a uh, historic rehab program or an affordable housing program or all these different incentives, homeless housing, um, uh, they will say, okay, if you're in, in an Opportunity Zone, we'll step up what we are already offer by adding an additional 5% incentive or 10% incentive, or we'll, we'll prioritize opportunity zones more because they want to layer on top of what's already happening. If the federal government is priority, mm -hmm. prioritizing opportunity zones, they want to make sure they're prioritizing these areas also, cities and states, by providing these additional incentives. So that's, that's what we're seeing mostly. Um, there are opportunity zone funds forming. There are people directly investing in the opportunity zone program to take advantage of that 10-year um, uh, uh, no taxes, um, but uh, by and large, it's just it's cities and states saying, okay, we've got this program, 
we're going to we're going to increase what we offer so that we can continue to prioritize these areas. Yeah. Want more money to pay off debt and increase your income? I'm Terry Egioma from Invest with Terry and I teach an online course on how to invest in the stock market for daily or weekly returns. My 7-step strategy saves you time and erases the guesswork from trading. With these 7 steps, I've earned over 16,000 in a day without having a large account. Start big or small, these proven steps will increase your profits and decrease your losses. To learn more, visit itradeandtravel.com. This episode of the Todd Capital Millionaire Podcast is sponsored by Hood Estates. Hood Estates is offering a Hood Estates Elite Real Estate Investing Program, as well as a Hood Estates Trekking Program. All the details can be found in the show notes. You can also find them on Instagram at Hood Estates. I know there's a lot of skepticism with Opportunity Zones because people thought that it was just going to be used to like displace the current residents. But the way you're saying, if you can layer different incentives like homeless housing or low-income housing and those different types of tax credits and incentives, it might actually kind of double down on what people want as opposed to displacing people. Yeah. It, it, so like the name of the game a lot of times is, is free money. So we talk about OPM all the time, but as we've kind of grown, um, there's this whole other ball game around free money. And so the people who are taking advantage of opportunity zone programs and the funds, um, they know and understand the value of grants and tax credits and how to take this um, this whole other level of, of OPM and, and really optimize their dollar. And so if you're able to take advantage of things that are already happening from a state or federal level when it comes to quote unquote free money and use the Opportunity Zone funds to take advantage of it, you're just going to optimize your, your money. And that's what the Opportunity Zone program is all about. It's the make sure that the people who got the dough keep the dough and, and make it last that much longer. Um, and so I think what we'll see at first is a lot of large commercial development deals using opportunities on money. So we've already seen it in DC. Um, some of the like big um, urban areas are, are seeing opportunities on pro- projects come up and they're usually big like strip malls. They are huge apartment buildings things of that nature. A lot of times things that have already almost been in the works, but now they're able to take advantage of the Opportunity Zone program. So in 2020, now that uh, OZ has kind of been nailed down um, or really has been nailed down that much more, um, I think now we'll start to see it being used a little bit more um, by quote unquote regular people. And so not billion dollar Opportunity Zone funds, but maybe you know, a few $100,000, you know, maybe a million dollar opportunity zones and, and see them take down individual houses um, mm-hmm. more so than just like the large, you know, sky rises. Hmm. So opportunity zone funds, at first, it seemed like people just were going to use their own individual to, uh, capital gains to invest. But now people are partnering with other people who have capital gains, putting those monies together and then going out there and applying that towards deals. It's interesting because it sounded like you kind of have to know what, where the city wants to go. And if you know where the city wants to go, then you can invest alongside of that so you can get the free money. Exactly. Yeah, you follow the money. That's you follow exactly the money. What That's what we tell our, our folks all the time. You gotta follow the money. And the best way to follow the money is to be tuned in. So you're tuned in because you have a seat at the table um, and you're part of the, the conversations where a lot of times, you know, Khalil or, or myself are at the table for some of the products here in Baltimore. Um, or you are kind of, you know, you, you pulling up a chair kind of from afar. Maybe that's being involved in your community association meetings. Um, maybe that means, you know, making sure you're going to community meetings. 
Um, maybe that means that you are just opening up the newspaper, right? They always say um, the things that you really need to know is in a newspaper. I think that's still 100% true. A lot of times you find about, you know, the newest development deals in the newspaper. So open it up, read, skim yeah. through, do what you got to do. But um, you have to stay tuned to what's, what's happening and what's coming because usually it takes a few years to get things underway. So, so I feel like that's the distinction between being an investor and a developer, where an investor looks at the numbers, does this deal make sense? The developer looks at everything. And you guys made that distinction. So have you guys always been developers or have you guys transitioned into being developers uh, recently? That's a really good that question. That is a good question. You know, I think we, we've always at heart been developers. Yeah, and really focused on what, like, what's happening overall, like what has, what's happening around us um, or around different areas and then buying properties in areas that we thought were going to be impacted. So one of the first properties that we bought in Baltimore um, was actually uh, between an area called, it wasn't too far from this area called Patterson Park. Um, and it wasn't too far from John Hopkins. And um, this was before really Hopkins started to buy up all of Baltimore really. And, and they had just kind of started, but they hadn't, done it as much as as they have now those who are from baltimore or no baltimore understand exactly what i'm talking about um and so we bought this house and we said well you know what patterson park has a lot going for it we think that that area is going to grow as far as development and people are going to keep buying or like john hopkins probably going to keep buying the city and eventually we ended up in the middle and that property increased in value from what we bought it for like 25 grand and then in, within three to four years, houses in that same area were selling for 175. So like having, and it's not about speculation because I think speculation can be a, a dangerous world, word in this business, but it's just about understanding how things work, um, understanding urban planning, like really getting, and it, you're right, like you get outside of this investor, like this one house, these three comps and, and all of that, but really thinking about urban planning, how do things work? What are the priorities of the city? What are the priorities of the state? And how does that impact and the community? What's the priorities of the community? Most specifically and most importantly, because nothing happens without the sign up of the community association. And so how do you kind of take all those priorities and really think through where it makes sense for you to spend your dollar? Um, so yeah, I think we kind of um, had like the inclinations of that early on. And then as we've gone and grown, we've learned more so that we could do things better, smarter, and faster. Yeah, we finally figured out what the word was. <laughs> yeah, we yeah. <laughs> for a long time and they were renters and holders. And, yeah. Oh, wait a second, developer. Okay, yeah. that's the word. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. It's different. So how does somebody who might be just investing in single family homes or just investing on a small level, get to that point where they can start thinking at the developer level. Yeah, yeah I think it's a, um, it's a, it's a intentional decision. Um, by all means, you can continue being an investor and a lot of people are and they just focus on what they focus on, right? Flipping houses. And that's, there's a space for that. It's a benefit to the community. You remove blight, you help people find homes, mm -hmm. you beautify areas. I mean, there's, there's absolutely a place for it. But if you want to do larger, impactful work um, that's more mission aligned, um, that's more intentional with uh, providing retail and other services, then, then this is the space that you start to move into. Right. It's about education and not only just learning like, what it is, but being willing to spend the time to learn what's happening, right? And spend the time to read and, you know, be up on what's yeah. in the newspapers and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I think you just gotta put the time in. Yeah, so it's about 
mostly like kind of doing the boring stuff sometimes. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and being willing to, and understanding that, you know, you do one house and you have profit for that one house, right? When you're doing the development, you kind of have to look at the overall. You might not make as much as you would have if you're going one off at the beginning when you're doing like a larger project. You kind of have to be willing to be much more long-term because in the short term, it, it, the numbers might not look the same, if that makes okay. sense. You really have to be like close to admission line to be able to um, make some of those early sacrifices for that long-term gain. Yeah, 100%. So 2020, what does that look like for you guys? What's the plan? This is crazy. So we have the 220 units for 2020 with Nexion Aurementis. So that's, that's definitely a big piece of that because it's around like that community building and it aligns with things that we're working on at, anyway. Um, and with that comes a lot of work in, in itself, right? Yeah. We've got to step up our wholesale game. We've got to step up um, the, the properties that we find, whether it's vacant land or other properties. We've got to uh, infiltrate different areas and, and learn about different areas. It's, it's a lot of work that goes into that whole on its own. Right. And more importantly, like right, making sure that they, people have the resources and tools to be successful. So making sure that we're bringing in the right, the right partners and the right people to the people to, to add value to all of our mentees. But it's also, um, through this year, it's going to be a lot of kind of taking some of the things that even we've learned on a next level kind of, kind of playing field and implement, right? So whether that means um, getting more access to, um, you know, grants and um, working with nonprofits, we work with um, different community associations, different organizations, really looking to redevelop Baltimore um, and so continue to be part of those conversations and having a seat at the table. I think we've kind of transitioned from being kind of all about just us to thinking broadly and really trying to impact other people and that therefore, um, you know, continue to push us forward as well. And that's right. a really good, good point. Um, you know, in, investors, great again, um, but the, the transition from investor to developer is very much a, um, you know, you, you're doing it versus um, you're just a cog on a giant wheel, right? And you're part of a system that's creating this long-term sustainable change um, for, for a city. Um, I, I don't know why I went back there, but it made me think. <laughs> so how do you guys get to 220? You said wholesaling, you're probably talking to more lenders, you're probably talking to more uh, uh, contractors, that kind of stuff. It's like yeah. 10X. It is. It's yeah. Kind of, yeah, it yeah. definitely is. Um, so a whole thing is just kind of a, a small piece, right? So that's making sure that we are um, constantly providing access to deals beyond just showing people how to do it themselves. We're also providing access to deals that we come across or other people come across um, more intentionally. So typically mm -hmm. it just happens unintentionally. We'll be a little bit more intentional about that this year to help keep that pipeline growing. Um, it also includes, yes, um, lenders. And so we've built relationships with um, financing partners that also know and understand NextGen have bought into what we're looking to do with that group. And so through our relationships with financiers and lenders and folks, um, our NextGen has gained access to, to folks as well, um, which, is, which is really gr great for them. And again, provides access um, and resources to be able to make 220 a, a possibility. Um, we're also, we have so NextGen is, is traditionally 12 weeks. Anyone who's in NextGen will be like, yeah, they'll like roll their eyes because we don't really put anybody out. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, but those who have kind of gone through and um, have bought their houses, they're doing well, right? They're, they're kind of in that whole investor sphere. sphere. 
we're pulling them along with us on the developer track. And so we have this kind of new thing that we haven't talked about uh, broadly outside the next gen, but we have this new thing. Um, we call it phase two. I don't know if we'll come up with a better uh, name for it, but it kind of brings them along our journey of the development. And so it helps mm -hmm. them transition from that investor sphere into developing um, and development. And so they are um, really with on this journey with us as we are working with, whether it's, you know, um, a community association, a neighborhood, a nonprofit, for-profit, whatever it is, these larger development projects that we're a part of, they end up being part of it as well um, because they get the insight on, on what's happening, get a little uh, insider information sometimes and be able to guide them through so that they can, again, be able to work with us on projects as the whole you know, we're kind of getting back to why, like, why did we start next gen? Well, to be able to partner with folks and really bring them along on the journey. And so that's what phase two is all about as well. So we'll be doing more with them through 2020. Um, and, you know, yeah. taking over Baltimore just a little bit. <laughs> so for, 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 that, for that initiative to be as successful as we plan and, and, and we're, we're manifesting it for, for it to be, um, we've taken our geographic scope and we're narrowing it down, right? So we're, we're targeting specific areas and saying this like is it. where we will galvanize our efforts, this is where we will all focus and concentrate, this is where our relationships will be. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's all hands on deck effort. Is that, is that area going to be around you guys block? Or is it a different area? It's going to be in the city of Baltimore. That's, so <laughs> 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 That's the answer I have been trained to, to give. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to kind of, I guess, take a step back, what would you guys biggest success of 2019? Oh, that's a good question. I think the biggest success of 2019, um, I would say growing the vision personally. Mm -hmm. Um, we should, sorry, go ahead. No, I, no, I, no, I, you're I, excited, go ahead. Yeah, all right. I, I would say growing the vision. I think when we started, for me, it was just, all right, let's just get some, some rental properties. That way we can live off cash flow and do whatever we want. And then we got to a place where, um, where our, our income exceeded our expenses by enough to maintain our lifestyle. It was like, all right, well, now let's try some flips. And then we did that. It was like, okay, well, what's next, right? We're young, we're hungry, we're ambitious. We want to keep teaching people. Um, so then we got into this new space and now we're growing the vision even, even broader. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. I mean, I think, that there's been there's been so many things going on like even him going kind of going backwards a little bit not even going backwards it's kind of taking it one like, step back to take three steps forward like a go, rubber band i did like <laughs> So, um, doing that was, I use that, made me lose my oh, makeup, <laughs> like, completely. <laughs> I'm a big kid at heart. <laughs> oh, my God. I have fun. Um, so, taking that, that choice to go work with the development group, like, we were in a place where we were just in a post, right? We were just going to chill. We had our properties and, and just chill. But um, we kind of had to really refocus and think about, all right, well, if I stop now and, quote, unquote, retire, I'm 29, 30 years old. Like, what, what am I supposed to do for the next 60, 70 years? Um, and some people, that sounds really, really cool, but it's, it's real. Like, we knew that there was more that we could offer. And so I think um, through 2019, we got a chance to explore what those things could be. And I think 2020 is going to be um, seeing us more put things into action and maybe share a little bit more. So we, we share a limited amount because we do a lot, but I think it's just because you know, we're working, right? You want to get stuff done and show people what you did and not tell them what you're doing. But I think through 2020, we're going to share that much more and, and try to just 
be really transparent and, you know, again, show people what the opportunities in the, in the you know, what could happen. Um, we're still early 30s, right? There's still a lot left in the tank. So yeah. Yeah, sure. see how they score that a little bit. Who much is given, much is expected, right? I think that's, that's still a very true thing. And, um, um, you know, not that we've been given more than anybody else or not, not that we are any type of any special or anything like, like that. But I, I think we both recognize um, that we've, we've worked hard, we've stayed focused, and um, we got to keep paying it forward for the culture. Yeah, so yeah. we'll see. We'll, y'all see us a little bit more maybe in 2019. Yeah, I like the idea of working to learn as opposed to working to earn. Where, so you didn't really need the money, but you got the knowledge. And you got yeah. that inside knowledge. You got to see it from like, because it's, it's one thing to see what somebody's doing. It's another to see how they're doing it. So yeah. I think that was huge as you guys applied it to your business. What is the biggest thing you learned in 2019? The biggest thing we've learned in 2019, um, that when you think you're at your max, you're not. Mm. You think you're at your max, you're not. So when you think there's like nothing left in the tank, like for somehow, some way, like there's a spare tank in there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Biggest learning of 2019, I would say that uh, we are much stronger together than we are apart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, biggest learning. Like, Kiara can do, I can do, but we can do five times working together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's like in the Bible somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What are some tips you guys have for people looking to invest in Baltimore? Turn off the news and open up a newspaper. Nice. That's a bar right there. Dang, that's a meme. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Seriously, the business section, if you take a look at um, the Baltimore Business Journal and the Sun Paper and a few other um, publications, you can take a look and see exactly what's happening and where it's happening. Surround yourself with people who are either where you want, they're on the same level as you, right? They want to go where you want to go or surround yourself with people who are where you want to be, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of shed off some of those folks that are are holding us back and really focus on getting to where we want to go. So whether that means you know, you get yourself in a room, come to, you know, we do mobilize Baltimore quarterly, right? If you're in Baltimore, come like link with us, right? Like we have uh, the community that we're building is strong and it's fun um, and we're getting stuff done, right? So come out, link with us. Um, if you don't know where to start, a lot of times we have, you know, there's tons of ways to get connected with us and figure it out because what's happening in Baltimore, people here need to take part in what's coming. Yeah. Um, what was the biggest success that you've seen come out of next gen? The biggest success, um, a lot of people have done a lot of really, really dope stuff and buying their properties and they have tenants and they're building cash flow and, and all of that. Um, I think that I want, so it's a family and they call us mom and dad, right? You're not supposed to have any, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want nobody pissed, to be pissed off at us, but we have folks in next gen who are doing, um, large projects who are really um, doing large scale rehab. They have building a portfolio. Their portfolio might be larger than ours by the end of the year, um, as far as rentals specifically. Um, so we've, we've had quite a bit of success. And I think uh, what's great about NextGen though, is that um, we can look across like all the cohorts and look you know, at the folks who have joined NextGen over the last, I think we've done it maybe for like a year and a half or so. Um, 
a strong percentage of them have properties. Like people are taking action, they're building their portfolios. Um, one of the things that I want to do this year is to start tallying up how much next gen makes a month, right? And like really talk about what what income yeah. we're bringing or how much you know um, what it would be um, you know the wealth of next gen, right? Let's just take it all together and as a family and see what what we're doing. Because I think it's really, really monumental. I think it's different than what a lot of other people are doing. Because um, it's really not just about like a program, like this thing that you pay for, but it's about really community and getting stuff done. Um, so it's a long way to not give you the specific answer, but <laughs> but to say that next gen's really they're doing it. They're getting it done. Yeah. They're making money. They're bringing in rental income and you know putting themselves on a path to success. Nice, cool. So I'm gonna ask the final questions, and I'll just fire those off. Yep. Um, who is somebody, I think I've asked you guys this question like a million times, but maybe it's changed. Maybe it hasn't changed. Who is somebody you look up to and why? Hmm. Somebody I look up to and why? Um, good question. <laughs> yeah, you got to pitch back to me. Um, who do I look up to? I think that for me, the way, and I don't know how I answered it before, because I'm sure you have answered before, but for me, I usually try to take the best of multiple people and kind of create like my own version, right? So I think that everyone has their their things that are great and everyone has their challenges and their weaknesses. So I've always been one to just take, you know, what works for me and leave the rest and and really, you know, focus on those. I think I, I mean, that's a tough one for me to answer, to be completely honest. I think I've, I've taken another look at True True North um, and yeah, the book and, and really trying to focus and make sure that I'm focused on my true north. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing that, um, for, for better or worse, it may be to a detriment, I've kind of blocked out others and gotten more focused on where I want to go mm-hmm. um, to better define kind of who I am and, and where I'm going. We're going down this rabbit hole right mm-hmm. now. But, um, but that's, that's kind of where I am. Yeah. We're both like, I'm 30, he's 31, right? So we're both at this really great, um, what? That's like the it's beginning like right there. Huh? I said 30 is like the beginning of life. This episode is brought to you by 24-7 Watches. Shop our limited edition luxury watches at 247watches.com. That's T-W-E-N-T-Y 47watches.com. Use code Todd Capital at checkout for a special discount. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 247watches. That's at T-W-E-N-T-Y-4-7-Watches. Right, yeah. You kind of like have to go through that redefining piece and doing that while you're married with a kid and a pretty substantial business is an interesting thing. Like trying to figure out redefining who you are based on things that you've done over the last 10 years or 10 years ago is is interesting. And so trying to constantly have that... um, you know, find that true north, like, who am I in all of this other stuff is, is a process. Um, and like I said, we're still young, so I'm sure it'll change again in the next seven to ten years, but constantly trying to keep your eye on whatever, um, you know, whatever is your true north. What is the one, like, bucket list item that you have to accomplish or do before you leave this earth? I live abroad. Ooh, live abroad, yeah. That's cool. Live abroad for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. Six months here, six months there, and like do it for a few years. Yep. That's cool. 
which kind of leads to the other question is, are you guys going to be doing any traveling this year? And if so, what place are you looking forward to going to? Absolutely. So we actually, 2019, we actually went to China. Um, So again, we don't share everything. So we were actually in China for a while with Michaela, which was really cool. Beijing, Shanghai, Wuxi. Yeah, we were all over the place. Um, So that was really, really cool. And so that kind of relit the bug for traveling, which Flo and I used to do quite often before we had a child. Um, And then um, uh, 2020, um, what, Brazil, Greece, we have a few different, Santorini, we have a few different Puerto things. Rico. Puerto Rico. We wish we do Puerto Rico a few times mm-hmm. a year nowadays. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we'll get, we'll be getting a couple stamps this year. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what's your favorite business book? What's your favorite investment book? All right. So I read the same ones every year. At this time of year, every year, I reread. Um, I reread Think and Grow Rich. I reread 10X Rule. Um, And um, there's one other one that I read actually by Russell Simmons about um, about something in stillness. I can't remember the exact name. Okay. Um, Power in stillness, maybe. But um, but I reread those three books every every year. I mentioned True North. um, Also, Leadership and Self Deception, the Arbinger Institute. Um, I like that book a lot. I think it, like, it, it's all about trying to, to take out the negative vision that you have about other people and, um, and understanding why it's there and how, how it's there and, and increasing your leadership skills by removing it. Yeah. Um, do you notice when you read a book multiple times, you pull out different things? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's the exact same words, right? <laughs> yeah, it's all about perception, right? So yeah. as you grow and change, your perception changes, and then how you interpret the words in the book impacts you differently. So right. that's why I read those books every year, because they, they impacted me so much, you know, several years ago that each year it kind of it, yeah. um, gives me something different. Yeah, and if you're yeah. into this, this type of thing, like using a specific highlighter color or, or pen color, and then the, the next year, using a, a different one just to see what jumps out to you this time, mm-hmm. it's pretty I like fun. It. That's cool. What sets apart successful Baltimore investors from those who give up, fail, or never get started? I think in Baltimore, you have to really be focused on, like, you got to know what you're doing, right? And you have to know that over time, um, you're going to win, right? You have to go through those ups and downs in Baltimore like you would anywhere else. But I think it's really important that you are um, realistic in your goals, um, that you know in Baltimore, you got to know the hood, you got to know where you're at, <laughs> you, you know what you're doing. Um, but it's really about being being real, realistic about what you're setting out to do and not be going off of what some guru or what you saw on TV. <laughs> heard from someone yeah. else you have to really be you know true and honest with what it is you're trying to accomplish and how you're going to get it done i think what sets apart a successful investor in baltimore is plugging in mm-hmm. we're a 500 yeah. between 500,000 and 550,000 person city um very small um and it gets even smaller once you get into these very niche um specific areas like yeah. in, in specifically community development specifically a, a specific neighborhood yeah. um and by plugging in you can increase your chances of success by going at it alone it's, right. it's really tough and yeah. you know it's you're setting yourself up for failure between permits and new regulations and laws and just where different 
activities are happening, yeah. you got to plug in. Yeah, you got you to know, know who's who and what's yeah. what. For yeah. sure. So in regards to permits, are there people in, like, the office up there, they just know you by face, they're like, hey, what's going on? Like, these... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you, it's funny. Like, you walk into a room, like, we went to a party not that long ago, and we were like dancing with city councilmen, the mayor was wow. there, like hanging out. Like, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be plugged in, right? Yeah. We were getting people to drink with us, but they were like very uh, substantial in Baltimore City politics. So, you have to just like be plugged in and build relationships. It's all about who you know, and, um, and then through that, as things come up, it's funny um, because your name gets thrown in a hat in rooms that you didn't even know existed. And so then different things pop up and people are talking about, you know, you know, let's get Chauncey Byers or get next gen to do X, Y, and Z. Like that's um, an amazing place to be. And I think through 2020, we're going to see what that looks like and means that much more and have to level up to, to meet, the, uh, yeah, meet the demand. We'll have to level up. No, no question about it. Like, <laughs> We have, there's no question about it. Right? Like once, once next gen started to grow organically on its own, people were like, Hey, I want to do this. And we allowed it. And then other people starting to throw out our name in different rooms. Like, okay, we've got to level up and put some more, um, you know, control around it make sure that we we're guiding it. Right. We don't, we don't want to, we don't want to limit it, but we want to make sure that we're putting the guardrails and, and leading from behind and make sure that it's growing in the path that, that everybody wants it to go. Yeah. What's dope about you guys' story is you built the foundation first of rental properties. So mm -hmm. it's like, now that you're doing all these great things, worst case scenario, you fall on a bunch of passive income. So, yeah, um, you guys funny. are good. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, that's, that's, that's the way we designed it and the way we wanted to go with it. Mm -hmm. we're, we were very um, risk adverse in the beginning. Not very, I shouldn't say that. Yeah, we were risk adverse at all. Risk adverse at all. <laughs> but it, it was a risk adverse strategy. Um, yeah. And then as we kind of put that foundation in place, we can take more, more risky actions. What is something that people don't know about Charm City buyers that they would find interesting? It's probably a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that was pretty interesting, drinking with the city councilman. That's not interesting. <laughs> um, maybe I'm just that specific nerd. Um, what's interesting about it? Um, I don't know. We're... We're normal, right? We we normal, yeah. yeah. We still go through our our issues. We still have to work to be closer together, and yeah. um, we have to prioritize our marriage and our family, and um, we still have to do drop off and take to the bus and all those kind of normal act activities. Um, I don't know if that's interesting, but yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Interesting, interesting. Um, uh, I said earlier you might see us more, so part of where you might see us could be on a if it's television set near you at some point that'd be cool <laughs> awesome well thank you guys for coming on the show um last question is where can they find you where can they follow you where can they support the, what you have going on yes you can follow us uh at charm city buyers on instagram twitter facebook and now youtube so it's charm city buyers everywhere um we're you know, we're just excited to meet new people and help give people the resources they need to be successful. Check out our website. If you're serious about NextGen, the NextGen Accelerator, please, please, please submit the application and uh, and we'll take a look. Yeah, John, yeah, back is, ne is NextGen ongoing or is it something that you guys kind of take in phases? So um, we open it up um, as demand requires, which means we open it up a lot, very often in 2019. So 
Um, we're constantly open for applications and um, we open up the, the cohorts as needed. Yeah, sure. applications, yeah. Okay, cool. So we'll have that link in the show notes. Also have their links to the website and all their social media in the show notes. This is episode 133, the first episode of 2020 is lit. Um, my name is Charles Oglesby, also known as Todd Millionaire, partner with Millie signing off.